The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Summer Sibley Brown filling in for Neville James as host of Analyze This from WTJX 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Um, this morning, we are going to resume our mini election series called The Candidate Speaks, in which we afford 40 minutes to each candidate to share their platform with you. Our listening audience, it usually works where we have them introduce themselves. There's a little bit of rapid fire um, around all of the issues that we, you know, the prominent issues in the territory. And then they kind of close and get to reinforce why them, right? And so today at 810, we will be speaking with Miss Margaret Price. She's an aspirant. She's a member of the ICM party who's running for a Senate seat in the St. Thomas St. John District. She's number 13 on the ballot. And then at 910, we will have senatorial candidate Julian S. Vera, number 21 on the ballot. And he'll be joining us here in the studio on St. Croix. Um, you know, Neville, let's say we have aspirant questions, we have incumbent questions. And so, you know, for the aspirants, we're really looking to hear what experience they bring to the table um, with all candidates, why they're choosing to run, who they are. And, you know, how they're, they're going to be ready to hit the ground running. Um, it's interesting because, you know, it says here that Margaret Price is a member of the ICM party. And I said, I wonder why everybody knows about the ICM party. You know, we talk about the Democratic Party a lot um, in the Virgin Islands. Um, but we don't usually hear us talking about the ICM party. So I went to vivote.gov and I pulled up. Actually, I just typed in um Independent Citizens Movement, VI, and our vivote.gov popped up, and there were the bylaws right on there for the Independent Citizens Movement. And I say that because knowledge is power. Um, as we are trying to inspire young people to vote, as we are reminded why we vote, and we understand it's a right as you go do, redo your, you know, if you're redoing your voter's ID, if you're thinking about, you know, party affiliation for your personal life, like where do you find information on what each party's mandate is, what each party's um, goals are, and the bylaws that govern them, they're right online with um, the Board of Elections. And we also had a Board of Elections candidate, um, incumbent Raymond Williams, on this week. So we were talking about how important all positions on the ballot are. I'm going to throw out, since I'm in the studio by myself this week, our call-in number if you want to join the conversation before or after um, I interview the candidate if you have a question or a comment. Our phone number is 340-718-4555 or 340-718-0761. 
That is 340-718-4555 or 340-718-0761. And before I continue, um, just, you know, talking a little bit about setting the stage for our first candidate on Candidate Speaks, I want to give out a shout out to Alan Nance because today is Startup Battle. Um, this evening, I hope the weather holds up. So when they're out, out there on the mountaintop where the tramway is and they're having their, you know, the startups actually compete for $100,000, um, that they have a beautiful evening. He, he joined us yesterday and he was talking about building an entrepreneurial ecosystem in the Virgin Islands and talking about his experience and what he was able to achieve eight years ago in Atlanta and really, um, his passion to, to bring entrepreneur, a strong entrepreneurial in ecosystem to the Virgin Islands. And he talked a lot about challenges of, of starting a business um, and getting investors. And even though I'm a nonprofit, that really resonated with me. So for the five, for the five selected out of the hundred applicants, right? For the five that make it to the stage today, um, I want to say, you know, good luck. <laughs> if, you, if you're a family member of any of those who are listening, please, please tell them Summer says good luck. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing who the winners are. Back to speaking about now, like I'm switching. This is my morning brain. Back to speaking about elections and ICM party. So what I have up is it says the Constitution and bylaws of the Independent Citizens Movement. And so it really talks about the purpose and objectives of this political organization shall be to achieve the following. Further provide the political, cultural, economic growth and the development of the people of the Virgin Islands. To promote the ideas, ideals, philosophy, code of ethics, platform and bylaws of the ICM party. To promote and enhance the relationship between our children and elders through the process of education and traditional values to promote policies to improve education, healthcare, home ownership, and enhance business development, to promote transparency, accountability, responsibility, honesty, and democratic self-government, to promote self-sufficiency in agriculture, manufacturing, and other industries, to provide educational forums and disseminate information of the general public interest, for general public interests, I ain't moving over no more, to engage any kind, to engage in any kind of lawful activity political parties are formed to foster. So I'm saying I'm not gonna read all of the constitution and bylaws of the independent citizens movement in the Virgin Islands, but just to say that this information about the parties is available. You know, when we talk about accountability and we talk about how we how we begin as the electorate who give the consent to govern to, to those who we are going to vote for um, or as we join and have a party affiliation. They are governed by rules. They are governed. They have processes and systems in place and they also have mandates, things that they're working towards. And that information is not just available to party members. That information is available to the broader community and we are in, you know, we are in an election cycle that will end on November 8th. But I just want to drive home your job, my job, our job as the electorate, the people voting, the electors with an S, we, our job is accountability to ensure 
that we understand one the rules of the game um and that we're willing to hold people accountable to the things that they say they're going to do. And it's not just about, so we have to understand how the legislature functions. We have to understand the role of the executive branch. We have to understand the role of the judicial branch. And I know a lot of people say, well, this is civics, right? It is civics, but civics doesn't start and begin in a classroom, right? We're teaching our young people how to engage in civil society every single day. And so while civics, I do agree, is going to give us a foundation. If we ourselves as adults, we're not, you know, we are not taking that role seriously and, and forwarding that way, it's not going to, it's not going to work. <laughs> I don't mean to sound, it, what, I need to change that. It's not that it's not going to work. It's that the other things are possible with the leveraging of information. I think that is the, that is the way I should say it. Other thing, there is more possible we can hold ourselves as a community because it's not just as leaders, but ourselves to a higher standard, um, which will inform overall governance if we all play our role. And so it's not just the people who, who are elected and going into the system who have to understand it. We also have to understand it and take up our place as their counterpart. So we are going to get ready in a minute to welcome again, let me, you know, Margaret Price. Margaret is a candidate in the St. Thomas St. John district. Um, she is a member of the ICM party and she is also number 13 on the ballot. And so good morning, Miss Price. Hello? Yes, I'm here. Hi, good morning, good morning. Welcome to The Candidate Speaks. How are you? I'm fine, and yourself? I'm wonderful. So usually where we start, um, please tell the, the listening audience, some who may know you and, and for those who may have never met you before, um, a little bit about who you are, your background, your experience, um, and, you know, where you were born, raised, you know, just a quick rundown of the resume. Okay. Good morning, everyone, and thank you, WTJX, for inviting me to this uh, little interview. My name is Margaret Price. I'm number 13 on the ballot. I'm an ICMer. I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. I came here in the year 2000. As, uh, I was recruited as a teacher for one of the secondary schools teaching health even though history was my background. I have an associate degree, I have a bachelor's, I have a master's, I have a juris doctorate. I have an ESL, as, uh, as English as a second language. And currently I'm waiting to complete my internship so that I can get an EDS as a school psychologist. What I'm doing now, presently, as I'm running for the 35th legislature as an aspirant for the Senate, I'm currently a chairperson over a disaster group. When Irma Maria hit in 2000, even before Envision Tomorrow was thought of, we came out full strength. We had partnered with uh, FEMA and Vitema. FEMA was flying uh, volunteers in for us. We had my brother's workshop to retrofit uh, Holy Spirit Church. 
so that they can have beds and everything, individual rooms. We had an outdoor shower. They had indoor facilities, bathroom facilities. They had a full-fledged kitchen. They had places to sleep. They can go on Sundays and worship if they want to. When Envision came up, Envision is still trying to get themselves together. Well, we by then had put roofs on at least, I mean roofs, on at least 135 homes. We've also did the interiors, did cabinets, did everything. And guess what? This was free of charge. At one point, uh, a philanthropist donated us like 1,000 mattresses from twins to kings. And believe it or not, all you had to do was come, sign your name, how many your family needed, and you got it. We doubled out food, clothing, everything. And guess what? All of this was free. You didn't have to come out your pocket. We didn't even ask for a donation. This was a crisis, and we were willing to help. I'm currently uh, handling out tarps to people. We have an abundance of tarps, and we're handing out tarps. Now, we can't put the tarps on because we don't have the volunteers due to the pandemic. If the pandemic hadn't happened, we'd still be full force. But we can get you the tarp, or you can come and pick up a tarp, and then you have someone to put it on for you. If you need a tarp, my name is Margaret Price. My telephone number is 340 Seven eight three again three four zero two two seven six not two two eight six seven eight three. So, now this is only in the St. Thomas St. John area. We uh, we have um, someone over in St. Croix, uh, but they haven't come to get the tarps yet, and we haven't sent them over. So, Ms. But Price, so um, you were saying you're a, you are a cheer person of this organization. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything else on your resume you want to share with um, the listeners to say why they should elect you? Because what I'm hearing is there is that's some public service that you've been doing since the disaster. Is there anything else on your resume you want to share of why well, you know, you're I a good choice? I'm with the. Uh, I'm an advocate for the homeless and the disabled. And what I do is I sit once a month. I go uh, with a church. I'm not going to call the name of the church, and we feed the entire homeless population. Uh, if I see a homeless person on the street, I ask them if they need help. If they want to go to a shelter, uh, I well they partner with us, Catholic charities, Red Cross, and a lot of different organizations. We get them into shelters. So basically, prior to me even running, I have been running since I got here, helping the people of the Virgin Islands. Why? Because when I came here, they met me with love. They, they embraced me. They made me a true Virgin Islander. The parents of the students at the school that I taught, they welcomed me with open arms, you know, and my students still love me today. So basically, uh, I don't want to sound braggadocious or anything like that, but I do love my people here in the Virgin Islands, and I will do anything to help them. So let me ask you then. So you you have a had you moved here um, from Chicago. You yes. 
were in a classroom, you have lots of degrees, um, and you are being of public service in many ways, advocacy and disaster recovery. Why did you choose to, in this race, put your hat in the ring? Because I saw a lot of people that was disgruntled about the way things were going. And I kept saying, why do you all get on the radios and complain and complain and complain? But when I ask you, do you vote? Oh, no, I ain't going to vote. Why should I vote? It ain't going to help. It, your vote counts. And, you know, I feel like if I can get in there, I'm not saying I can do everything because I'm not God. But I can assure the people that I will be able to work with the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the co- my colleagues to help them. And if there's an, uh, something that they're requesting that they especially need and I can get it on the floor, I would tell them, hey, I'm doing this this day. If you want to hear me out, you come. Whether Whether it passes or not, at least you know I am in there fighting for you. So you're running because you said basically you just, the apathy, you're hearing people say they're not interested in voting, didn't feel like there was someone ready to vote for, and you were like, I can be that someone? Yes. So, Ms. Price, let me, the first thing I want to ask you is what skills do you think you have that would allow you, if elected, to hit the ground running? Well, because of uh, my legal skills, you know, I even though I chose not to take the bar here and continue to teach because I felt like if if I was on the legal side, what I would be doing as a prosecuting attorney, I would be putting my people away. Mm. As a public defender, I don't have time enough to hear their case to go present it before the jury or the judge. So I chose to become a teacher so that I can teach them how to conduct themselves in society to stay out of the jails. And um, I'm not sure if they're familiar with Officer Roy Chesterfield, but Roy Chesterfield and myself started the Law and You program at Charlotte Amalia High School, whereas we taught the children the law after so- they... We're going to pause right there with teaching the children the law. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. And if you're just joining us listening, audience, this is Summer Sibley Brown, 93.1 WTJX.
And we are back. You are listening to Analyze This with me, Summer Sibley Brown. We are in our Candidate Speaks segment, and we're speaking to Senatorial Candidate Margaret Price. Um, Ms. Price, you were talking about programs that you created. And so in this round, what we usually do is I do some rapid fire questions about like some of the larger issues. And since you were talking about school, let's talk about where you stand in um, education, right? If you are to be elected, what are some policies or things that you're really focused on? One of the policies that I would really focus on is to allow the children to learn. And some of the policies that they make to me don't make sense, like the one about boys wearing skirts now. What does that have to do with learning? You know, I think that they should be ashamed of themselves for trying to. I, don't get me wrong. I love you no matter what you want to be, but try not to force your issues on our children. Let them be children. That is what education is for, for them to learn so that they can carry on the baton that we're going to leave behind as we start to retire, fade away, transition, and whatever. I believe that they should learn their history because if they don't know their history from back when, they don't know where they're going to go. They're going to be just bumping heads, bumping heads. I believe that African-American history, Virgin Island history, Virgin Island history should be the first that they learn and then branch off into the other history. I'm tired of them learning about Lincoln. I'm tired of them learning about Washington, who had wooden teeth. I want them to learn more about Malcolm X, about Martin Luther King, about Farrakhan, about different black leaders who have made an impact in the world and impacted their, their lives and will continue to impact their lives. I want them to learn from people that they can emulate in a positive manner, not in a negative manner, with all the bullying and things like that. We need to learn to love one another. Your student, your, your comrade, that's who they should be. Wrap your arms around them when you go to school today. Tell them, I got your back. So, because we're going to learn together. So what I'm hearing is is a focus for you, should you be elected, would be um, a curriculum or the, the order in which the curriculum is laid out. Um, tell me about crime and public safety. As far as crime, if we can begin to lift people out of poverty, we can begin to tackle crime itself. Because when you don't have, and you, there's the have and the have-nots, the have-nots, when they don't have, when you're desperate, you want to have. And also with crime, the reason why we, I believe we have a lot of delinquency and crime amongst our students is because parents have to work two and three jobs here in the Virgin Islands because the wage, 1050 is ridiculous. So they have to work two and three jobs. The children are left home. And remember, our idle mind is the devil's workshop. So therefore, the family structure is being fractured. I propose once I get in, along with my colleagues, brainstorm to 
take that 1050 and shove it aside and look for a wage minimum wage of starting between 18 and 20 dollars if we can do that not only will we bring back the family structure but we will bring back our youth who want to who want to come back and our people who want to come back but they can't make it because the money and finance is not there so miss price as you talk about money and finances in in your capacity should you be elected to senate what if anything do you see yourself being able to do to address wage or cost of living um, to reduce that burden. If you, if, I don't know if you noticed, but with Social Security, what they do is when the cost of living increases, they increase your wages. And I think that's the same thing that we should look at as, as, as something that we put on the table. We don't table it, but we put it on the table, that when the cost of living increases, start increasing the weight. We should be able to talk to these people who own these here stores and supermarkets and things and say, look, some of you are a price gorging. And if you continue to do this, we will see what we can do to either take your EDA away from you or I would, I would actually tell the people, do not go there and shop. And, and, and you got your farmers here. Let the farmers, give them their just due for once in their life. Let them become, this become the farming industry of the Virgin Islands where we grow our own food, where we don't depend on outside. Because you remember a couple of weeks ago when Ian came in, I went up to Pueblo, Pueblo back there with the veg, vegetables and everything. It was empty. I went to the manager because I think I thought, well, did the freezers or the storage area mess up? He said, no. He said, we couldn't get anything in because of the storm. So can you imagine if we had a hurricane, God forbid, or anything so severe where we're cut off completely? People of the Virgin Islands, we need to stand up and learn to do for self. I propose putting uh, flower pots on all the seniors' balcony, and not with no beautiful plants, but one flower pot may have tomato plant in it, one may have a pepper plant in it, to learn to start doing for self. You look at my balcony, I, you would think I'm a, I would call myself a balcony farmer because I have greens, tomatoes, I have lemon trees, lime trees, pomegranate trees. You know, so, I, I'm, I, I, I even got a seasoning pepper tree, and every day when I fix something, I go out there and pick me a couple of seasoning peppers. Because so Price, it, yes. it sounds like you're an advocate for agriculture. Um, oh, yes. So oh, f- yes. And so I'm, I want to drive this back to if you're elected and your seat as a policymaker, because, you know, those sound like wonderful ideas. How do mm-hmm. you intend to then support farmers or agriculture from, from your role? You know, the role of... When we think about what senators do, you know, they have oversight, they create policy, they hold up purse strings, um, and then they do constituent work, right? They're senators. So in that role, how do you see yourself supporting agriculture and farmers um, or even making that flower pot program happen? 
You know what? I was on the radio a couple of months ago, and one of the uh, bro- one of the farmers called in, and we're working to get these pots and things that I've already con- uh, contacted the Department of Agriculture here in St. Thomas to allow us, if they have vegetable plants, to give to volunteer to give them to us to give to the seniors while we're doing that. I have been to all the functions that the farmers have. A lot of my friends are farmers. I have sat with them. I have sat with Positive Nelson to hear what they're trying to do. I told them once I get in, I will work with the governor to deal with the infrastructure of farming because we should be the hub. Give them what they need. Give them the tractor. Give them the water tanks that they need. Have WAPA as a backup. Allow them to grow, you know, and not just not just mini grow. This here farm does this here. This farm does here. We can actually do it, but we need the backing of the community. We need the backing of the senators. We need the backing of the governor. We need to stop making all these policies if we're not going to act on them. So you you said in order to get the things done for agriculture, um, we need backing. We need we need cross cross both branches backing. Do you what do you feel that you have the skill to build consensus um, within the body? And what other skills, if you're elected, are you bringing, you know, bringing to the Senate, the thirty fifth legislature? Is this in reference to agriculture or anything? No, just you as a senator, just in reference to what skills you feel you would be lending to the 35th legislature. The skills that I would be lending to the 35th legislature are things that I know. You know, I'm not proclaiming to be uh, God and know everything, but the but I have skills when it comes to the homeless. I have skills when it comes to the disability, you know, because as a former nurse, I dealt with this type, these type of issues, you know. I have the skills to, as a psychiatrist and a future psychologist, to help the student. I interact with the parents. I want to be able to bring back the, the family structure. These are skills that I'm capable of doing. You know, I think these are skills, common sense skills that we all are capable of doing. All we need to do is become diligent, love our brothers and sisters, and become our brothers and sisters once again. If I got it, you got it. If I got a dollar, you got 50 cents. You know, stop being selfish. Stop being envy. Love your brothers and sisters because in the Virgin Islands, we're all we got. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the environment and um, WAPA. Um, let's start with the environment first. Where where are you on environmental policy or things you think that we need to do or not do um, for the Virgin Islands? First of all, we need to, one of the most serious things is the climate change. If people have noticed, we have been getting more and more droughts that are lasting longer. Your sea level is rising. Your coral reefs are dying off. Climate change impacts animals. Your animals are dying off. Climate change impacts people because it deals with health issues. So I recall that uh, 
former Governor Mapp in 2015 wrote, uh, he wrote a policy on climate change. It has not to this day been carried out. I want to have my colleagues and myself revisit that because what it does, it doesn't uh, eliminate climate change, but it can control it to the point where as we become a viable community because if you don't get the climate change uh, at some working order, you, you're not going to have anything. Everything is going to be wiped out. Talk to me about energy and um, WAPA. You know, a lot of people in the Virgin Islands, we're living, you know, we're living in a, an energy crisis, basically. And in your role um, of oversight and in your role as a person who can create policy, should the people give consent to govern, is there anything you feel you can do or are ready to do to help with that? Yes, yes. Um, I have talked to some of the governors, and my thing would be immediately put WAPA under a state of emergency and do a forensic audit. Now, they said that a forensic audit was done by uh, uh, the Inspector General Van Beaverholt last year, and he found a lot of serious infractions with WAPA, you know. So we need to look at these here issues that he talked about. And this was a report that I got yesterday that was from last year before he retired. We need to take that whole board and remove them and put in professional people. We need to also be able to educate our locals to become part of that board because I don't like the way the board is looking. You know, we need people of color also on the board. You know, we also need to take WAPA and let them know we are tired of fossil energy. Let's have, you have your wind, you have your sun, you have, if you look out there uh, uh, in your water, the current in areas is so strong. You can use all of that. You know, why continue to, to do this here? Put those underground cables that you have in. You have those underground cables in some areas already here in St. Thomas. In the British Virgin Islands, what they do, when you when they, we know that there's an impending storm, rather than have your current just go off on you immediately and you're left with nothing, you're told in advance, we're going to turn the power off so that it doesn't destroy or whatever. And in doing so, once the, the, the crisis is over, it push a button, it comes right back on, you know. And I couldn't understand why they decided, well, I do understand because it was an emergency and they needed to get the power back on to the people. So what did they do? They built the poles higher. But if you get another serious storm like that, it's going to fracture those poles. So now while you got the chance... Get those underground cables in. Once you do that and get the other different things, look at the LIAT. LIAT wasn't a part of, of WAPA a long time ago. Take it out. We, and, and once we start doing things like this here, we can drastically reduce so, the cost of gas and electricity. So, here in the 
candidate price as you talk about um the polls right you talked about the polls that was installed post irma maria I would like to give you, so we're going to go to break shortly, but I want to give you, before we go to the break, talk a little bit about where you see us being in disaster recovery, and then we're going to go to break, and then we're going to pick up on the second end, because I have a feeling you have a lot to say about that, and so you'd be able to continue. So disaster recovery, we're uh, we're in a protracted recovery. Where do you think we stand as a vert in the Virgin Islands, and what would you do in your role of oversight to help move us forward? First of all, I would I would work with Evision, get Evision together, get these contractors together, so that we can remove these tarps. It's 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 senseless that five years later we're still having tarps on our roof. Your trade schools at your school, open those trade schools up, teach, educate the children how to become plumbers, how to become uh, masonaries, how to do electricity, how to do uh, mining, how to do fishing, how to do everything so we can recover. So we're going to stop there with that statement and say, so we can recover. When we come back from break, Miss candidate number 13, Margaret Price, is going to tell us um, more about her positions on disaster recovery.
And we are back, and this is Analyze This, and we are on with candidate number 13, Margaret Price, who has been a teacher in our system, who has done some things with disaster recovery post Irma and Maria, who has also served as an advocate for the homeless and has is throwing her hat in the ring to serve, um, should she be given the consent to govern by us, the electorate, in the 35th legislature and Prior to the break, we were talking about your take on disaster recovery, um, where you think we are as a territory, and what you would do in, in, in your position should you be elected to help move that forward. You know what? Let, let me say this here. I remember how, like over in Antigua and other islands, how they didn't wait on the government to help out. We don't, we don't want here in the Virgin Islands, we don't want a hand out. We want a hand up. My proposal until we can get these done is all you big uh, companies that have wood and stuff, give us the supply. You, you rem- I don't know if you remember how it used to be here where this person needed their house built. They get together on the weekends. The women will cook, the children will play, and the men will build. I, I, I mean, I may not be able to put a house together, but I can swing a mean hammer if you give me a nail and tell me where to point it to. And I think that we should get back to helping each other. You know, let's do the barter system for those who may not have. You got two chickens? Okay, give me, that, give me a dozen eggs, and I give you a bag of flour, you know. We can do this, Virgin Islanders. We can uplift ourselves. But we need to stop depending on outside forces that feed us piecemeal and and make us at their mercy. Because I'm not at the mercy of no one but God, you know. And I think that the love that I have for others, if I can show this, if I can teach students, you know, let's educate. Not train, because you train animals. Let's educate the public and students, adults, the communities on how we can better build our Virgin Islanders. And once we do this here, it's simple. It's, it's, it, it, it doesn't take a mathematician to see that one and one are two. We can go back to helping each other out. You need a roof? Okay, here we get the word from here. We're going to put this roof on. We're not going to wait, you know, because I'm tired of all these blue tarps. So, Miss Price, my question then is, um, I can hear your passion and um, your encouragement that as Virgin Islanders, we take up we take up some of this work and help solve our own problems. In your role as a policymaker, how, would, how do you see supporting making that happen? Right, because the charge is for people to behave differently. In your role as a policymaker, how do you see making that happen? Good question, and thank you for that question. One of the things that I have said is that if I'm chosen to become a part of the 35th legislature, you will hardly ever see me sitting in a seat, a cushiony seat in the legislature. That's what your chief of staff is for. They know what to do. I will be out there talking to the people, finding out what their concerns are, what their needs are. Then I will take it back to my colleagues and my constituents and say, hey, 
This is what the people are crying for. We need to start giving the people what they need, not what we think they need by when we make these bills and things. Make your bills and things based on the policies that what are conducive to the people, not what you think that they need because it may not be what they need, you know. So that's one of the things that I would do. I would, as a policymaker, I would curtail it and make any policy or talk to my colleagues because I want the public to know I can't do it on my own. There are 14 other sitting senators, so we will work together. We have a governor. We will work with the governor. You know, we, have, we need that cohesiveness within the legislature and the government, and the government you know. And we, we need not be two entities. We need to stand as one because we are a proud Virgin Islander. We can do this, people. Trust me, we can do this here because if you go to John 15, 7, it says, If ye abide in me and ye abide in my word, whatever you ask, it shall be given. So we can do this, Virgin Islanders. So let me ask you, in our last moments, because we're going to get down to the part where I need you to, to, to tell people, lastly, your name, your number, and, and, and what to vote, but... Tell me, about, we haven't touched health care, so just really quickly, health care in the Virgin Islands, um, where do you think we stand and what should be done? We should look at the health care as soon as we get in there and jump off running for health care. My understanding is they wait to almost the last minute, twilight hour, and then it's, it's almost too late. You have to take what they give you or else you, you lose, you, the people lose their health care. Health care should be for everyone here it should be affordable and if it and if you cannot afford it then it should be supplemented the the the, the general fund should supplement and pick up where you can't because everyone should be able to go to any clinic of their choice go we only had one hospital but be able to go to the hospital and not be turned away or say oh just go home and take this and take that knowing that you need to be in the hospital we need health insurance, and that is one thing that I am agreement, and every senator that I said that I talked to, even the governors are saying, we will get the health care insurance for all people here in the Virgin Islands, regardless of race, creed, or color. Miss Price, in your last two minutes, please let the public know who you are, um, why they should vote for you, and what your number is. Yes, thank you. Again, good morning, listening Islanders, and good morning to everyone out there. Good morning to all my Virgin Islanders, Water Island, St. John, St. Thomas, St. Croix. My name is Margaret Price. I am number 13 on the ballot. I can assure you that if I'm elected by you all to become a part of the 35th legislature. I will not let you down. Remember, you are my employer. I am the employee. You entrusted your faith in me to do the job, and I will try my honest best to do the best I can to uplift the Virgin Islanders, so that we can uplift and have the love that we need here for the Virgin Islanders. Thank you so much. God bless the Virgin Islands, and God bless the people of the Virgin Islands.
Thank you so much. This is Margaret Price, candidate number 13 on the ballot in the St. Thomas, St. John district. She's a member of the ICM party and she is asking you for your vote. Thank you so much, Ms. Price. Have a great day. Thank you. And you have a great day also. Round one of Candidate Speaks this morning. Um, if you are out there in the listening audience and you have a comment or a question or something you would like to add or something you heard that was interesting to you, please call 340-718-4555 or 340-718-0761. We are, you know, we we in the early voting period still, but that early voting period is coming to a close, October 31st. So if you haven't voted yet, if you are still making up your mind, one, thank you for listening to The Candidate Speaks. Two, get out there early vote. Um, or, you know, you might be saving it for November 8th. You might be one of the people who love that election day energy, or you haven't made up your mind yet. But, you know, I love to hear the commercial they say you know, vote is the right thing to do. Please, I'm encouraging as you are listening, how are you vetting your candidates, right? Every every show I ask this, I ask you to critically think about the values that you have um, as an individual, the issues that you see in our community that need attention and kind of and kind of build your team. Build your team around the voices that are exhibiting the passion the skill, the knowledge and understanding, um, in some cases past, you know, for the incumbents who, who you feel have done just due to the seat and, and you want to give them an opportunity to finish work started. And for the aspirants, those who really get you excited by their level of preparation or, or their aspiration to serve you. But, you know, voting is important and we as the electorate play an important role in ensuring that the Virgin Islands has the right leadership and governance. And we're voting across, you know, this is a, this is a big race, right? We have gubernatorial candidates to vet. We have senatorial candidates to vet. We have board of elections and board of education, right? We have a, we have a full slate on the ballot. And we're hoping that you're paying attention to all of them, right? And voting is a numbers game. So, Sometimes, you know, you don't vote for all slates. You don't vote for you don't vote for seven. All right. Some people might go in and vote for their one. It's called bullet voting. But I really want you to think about also there's there's a strategy to getting the people you want elected. But there's also a need to make ensure that the legislature is balanced, um, that the legislature is balanced. In our second hour, we're going to be hearing from another candidate who is candidate number hold on let me get his number do, 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 do. senatorial candidate julian s vera is going to be joining us in studio shortly and julian's number is number 21 that's candidate he will be number 21 on your ballot and so i look forward to hearing from julian s vera on the second hour of candidate speaks if you are out there and you have a question or comment, please feel free to call in 718-0761 or 718-4555. We want to hear from you. I hope Neville, if you're missing Neville today, you know, um, 
because it's been almost a week of me filling up space and it's my voice only. Hope he's listening, shouting out, sending energy to Neville wherever he is. Hopefully he's enjoying himself and sleeping late. We have a caller. Hello. 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 Good morning. And good morning. I'd like to congratulate you on having Miss Margaret Price. I think she will be a very good candidate. I hope the people will listen in because it's very important for us to listen. On this island, we have only one political party, and it's good to have some other members of other parties within the Senate because the Senate is not owned by one party. So that's my idea and suggestion. Thank you. So, um, listener, it sounds like you are seeking balance in the legislative structure and you're highlighting that candidate price is a part of the independent citizens movement. Um, Uh right. And so, yes, thank you so much. Are you, may I ask, are you, are you an ICMer yourself? I'm just a member of the regular public. You're just a regular. So, and this is my last question. I promise I won't interrogate you, but why do you think that balance is so important? Because we don't have this one, we have a one-party system in the GI. And if we have only one supermarket, it can put a price on us, what they want to give us. So it's good to have opposition and competition. Without that, we, we have a big problem. Hmm. So to opposition... I uh-huh. No, I'm listening. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but Without opposition, it's like WAPA, no opposition. It's like things that we don't have no area to fight back on. We just have to sit back and let them give us what they want to give us. So thank you so much Ah. for calling in. Um, So what I'm hearing you say and for the listening audience talking about opposition and competition as the answer to monopoly in areas yeah. where we have had issues um, that because we don't have any diversity or opposition in our community, we kind of have to take the one answer provided by the exactly. sole source and saying um, that diversifying the legislature will help um, strengthen it and help, sh- uh-huh. but because we will have the opportunity to have opposing and competing views that could get to better answers. It sound like I get so what you were saying? Uh, what you're saying is correct, and I like what you're saying because I hope that other people know that the government don't belong to one set of people. It belongs to the people of the VI. Thank you so much for calling in. You made my day that I had a caller and someone to talk to. I was feeling a little lonely after Miss Price hung up, so thank you for listening to Analyze thank This, you. The Candidate Speaks, and um, keep listening for our two. She was real, real, real good, okay? Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. And our caller is calling out for Virgin Islanders as you consider to who you're voting for and how you structure the legislature, thinking a little bit about ensuring that there is enough opposition in the body um, so that we can have the best ideas come out. You know, a man told me once that... resistance how do you how how do you build muscle summer and i said well 
you lift weights and he said you build muscle by lifting weights because weights offer resistance so resistance and repetition is how something gets stronger at least the human body and if we apply that to the senate you know we might see something different that's what our caller just said and you are listening to analyze this the candidate speaks i am summer sibley brown and i will be back at the top of the hour with julian s vera candidate number 21 The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters.